Euzubillahimineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmain. Allahümme allimna ma yanfa'una. Vanfa'ana bima allemtena. Vezidina ilmen nafiyah. Allahümme erinel hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'ah. Ve erinel batıla batılan varzukna ictinabah. Rabbi şrah li sadri ve yastir li emri ve ahlul uqdeten min lisani yefkahu kavli. Esselamu aleykum ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Inşallah... A rough translation of the text we will be studying, reflecting upon is also posted at this website. You can go to podcasts, then words, then the 11th word and scroll down to the relevant episode. We have been reading the 11th word, which is a paradigm shifter that enables us to see reality as reality is. That enables us to interpret what we see in a way that is harmonious with the metaphysical reality that is behind and that surrounds all the physical reality that we are are sensing. It began with a representational story. We read through it and then we moved on to the reality part of the treatise. And there we were talking about the reality of prayer Inshallah, I'm going to start uh, reading only in, in English from some at, from some point in that discussion of prayer, and then when we come to the point where we left, I will move on to reading in Turkish and then reflecting upon on, on it in English too. Bismillah. Thus, having beheld the cosmos and the imprints of creation and performed the above-mentioned duties in the form of transactions of worship in the presence of the unseen, they rose to the degree of beholding the all-wise artful maker's transactions and acts. First, in return for the majestic creator's introduction of himself to conscious beings through the miracles of his art, they responded in the form of a transaction in his presence with wonder-inspiring intimate knowledge, saying, Subhanake. Glory be to you. We have not known you as you deserve to be known. What makes you known are the miracles in all of your artifacts. Then, in return for that merciful one's endearment of himself with the beautiful fruits of his mercy, they responded with love and passion and said, You alone we worship and from you alone we ask for help. Then, in return for the demonstration of that true blesser's mercifulness and compassion through his sweet blessings, they responded with gratitude and praise and said, Subhanaka wa bihamdika, glory be to you and praise and gratitude be to you. How can we fulfill the gratitude that is rightfully due to you? You are a deserving recipient of gratitude, who deserves such gratitude, 
that the clear tongues of all of your bestowals that are spread out everywhere in the cosmos are reciting gratitude and laudation for you. And through the promulgation of all the blessings lined up in the marketplace of the realm and dispersed through the face of the earth, they are proclaiming your praise and eulogy. And by testifying to your generosity and munificence, the orderly fruits and well-proportioned berries of mercy and blessing are performing the duty of gratitude to you before the gazes of creatures. And then, in return for the exposure of his beauty, majesty and perfection and greatness on the mirrors of existent beings that are ever-changing on the faces of the cosmos, they responded saying, God is the greatest, Allahu Akbar bowing down in a state of impotence within exaltation and prostrating in a state of humility within love and awe. And then, in return for the absolute rich one's demonstration of the abundance of his treasures and vastness of and the vastness of his mercy, they responded exposing their poverty and needs, supplicating and asking, and they said, from you alone we ask for help. And then, in return for the dissemination of the subtleties, wonders, and masterpieces of the majestic artful maker's art, they responded saying, Masha Allah, with appreciation, how beautifully it is made, with admiration, Barakallah, with observation, we believed, with testimony, come look, in a state of amazement, and hasten to salvation while holding everybody a witness. Furthermore, in return for the promulgation of his lordship by that sultan of pre-eternity and post-eternity in the regions of the cosmos and the exposure of his antitative oneness, they responded with monotheism and affirmation and saying, We heard and we obeyed in a state of obedience and acquiescence. So Alhamdulillah, this is where we left and now we will continue reading in Turkish and English and reflecting upon it in more detail inshallah. Sonra o Rabbül Aleminin uluhiyetinin izharına karşı zaaf içinde aclerini, ihtiyaç içinde fakırlarını ilandan ibaret olan ubudiyet ve ubudiyetin hulasası olan namaz ile mukabele ettiler. And then, in return for the Lord of the Realms exposure of his divinity, they responded with worshipful slavehood that comprises the announcement of their impotence within weakness and poverty within neediness and with prayer, which is the essence of worshipful slavehood. So each of these sections are telling us something about, uh, about God, what God does and what is expected from us in return for what we witness in God's acts and attributes and what we do, what is due upon us. In this one, in return for the Lord of the Realms exposure of his divinity, Lord of the Realms, Rabbul Alameen, an exposure of his divinity. He is the owner, possessor of everything. He is the creator of everything and every worship, every gratitude, every praise 
all praise is due to him right that is his divinity that is his uluhiyya him being god right in return for the lord of the realms exposure of him being god they and of course this they refers to a group of people in the story and they are the believers in reality they represent the believers the believers responded with worshipful slavehood ubudiyya the state that a slave of god takes assumes before god that is worshipful slavehood that comprises the announcement of their impotence and then Ustad Nursi provides us a working definition of our body a working uh, a worshipful slavehood which is the announcement of their impotence arrives within weakness we are weak and impotent which means that we have no power to acquire anything to achieve anything but by his power and their poverty while we have no power to acquire achieve anything we are in need of everything so we are utmostly poor utmostly needy and at the same time utmostly impotent and and our worshipful slavehood is a recognition admission of that and turning to god as a result as the source of all power and as the source of the, the benefactor of all needs that are being provided to us constantly and continually which is the essence of worshipful slavehood this is the essence of worshipful slavehood if you want to actualize your worshipful slavehood first recognize your impotence and weakness reflect upon that don't just say and move on reflect upon that realize your impotence weakness neediness and poverty and despite this wretched status how you are being provided and how you are being raised to the position to the status of the wise regent of the world how you are being honored where is that honor where is that blessed life coming from that is that is the secret of realizing the worshipful slavehood or buddhiya daha bunlar gibi guna gun ibudiyet vazifeleriyle şu dar-ı dünya denilen mescid-i kebirinde farize-i ömürlerini ve vazife-i hayatlarını eda edip ahseni takvim suretini aldılar and with various other duties of worshipful slavehood like these and when we say these here we are referring to the several paragraphs several things that we went over in the previous episode so those who have not listened to those episodes it would be uh, better to go ahead and listen to them first before moving on from here and with various other duties of worshipful slavehood like these they perform the obligations of their span of life we are each given a span of life we don't know how long but we know that we are each given a span of life it may be 40 years it may be three years it may be 50 years it may be 150 years it is in god's hands he gives out of his mercy whatever he he deems 
appropriate for to, to each of each and every one of us and regardless of how long it is there is a duty that comes with it there is a responsibility that comes with it it is not given for free it is given as a trust and we are supposed to do something with it the time period that we spend in this life that is a capital that we need to invest we have a duty to do something with it and with various other duties of worshipful slavehood like these they perform the obligations of their span of life so alhamdulillah they were able to fulfill their obligations and the duty of living in this great mosque called the abode of the world this great mosque also think about the imagery what do we do in the mosque why do we go to a mosque primarily we go to worship right so this entire cosmos entire realm entire existence that we find ourselves is like a mosque we are here for worship that's the point yes we attend to this and that from time to time but ultimately we are here for worship and it would be best if we could turn everything that we do into worship because that's possible with true intention and with the true point of view ordinary acts uh, that we go through on a regular basis on a daily basis can be turned into worship and the duty of living so living is a duty in that sense living is an opportunity for worship and that opportunity comes with an obligation it becomes a duty and the duty of living in this great mosque called the abode of the world and acquire the best of forms in creation ahsan al that is how man maintains his status of being created in the best of creation they rose to a rank above all creatures and became a trustworthy wise student on earth equipped with the vigor of faith and of safety and trust so one who has faith has power vigor that is bestowed to him with his faith and then he also feels safe and and there is a source of power that he can always put his trust in bütün mahlukat üstünde bir mertebeye çıktılar ki yümne iman ile emne emanet ile mücehhez emin bir halifeyi arz oldular i forgot to read this in turkish and i moved on to the english so this is the uh, the last sentence we read in english ve şu meydanı tecrübe ve şu desgahı imtihandan sonra onların rabbi kerimi onları imanlarına mükafat olarak saadet ebediyeye ve İslamiyetlerine ücret olarak Darüsselam'a davet ederek öyle bir ikram etti ve eder ki hiç göz görmemiş ve kulak işitmemiş ve kalbi beşere hutur etmemiş derecede parlak bir tarzda rahmetine mazhar etti ve onlara ebediyet ve beka verdi. After that now they fulfilled their obligations they spent the span of life that was given to them in trust by uh, fulfilling their duties and now there, there came the time to move on after that arena of trial and workbench of examination 
So here in this world, they were in an arena of trial and they were in front of a workbench where they were given all the equipment and maybe let's like the chemical uh, chemistry test, right? They're in front of the workbench. They are given all the chemicals, tubes, etc. And they need to do something, right? Or they need to pass a carpentry test. They are in front of the workbench. They are given the hammer, the chisel and whatnot. They are given everything and they need to do something after that arena of trial and workbench of examination where they fulfilled their obligations and pa passed the test their munificent lord invited them to eternal felicity as a reward for their faith and to the abode of peace as the price of their submission out of his mercy of course right it is a reward that he is bestowing upon them out of his mercy what is that bestowal it is eternal felicity that is something that is almost impossible to imagine for us in this world because it does not exist here it does not exist here but while it does not exist here we are filled with an urge to acquire it we yearn for it we know about it we sense it we feel it we we have something built into us that tells us that it exists but it does not exist here and therefore we yearn for it eternal felicity the felicity the happiness uh, that we may we may experience in this world is never eternal either we are getting older and getting closer to our appointed time of death and therefore looking forward to leaving them or they are shorter lived than us and they are departing us before we die so there is no eternal felicity, eternal happiness in this world, but there is a sense of eternal felicity that we all have. Invited them to eternal felicity as a reward for their faith and to the abode of peace as the price of their submission. Submission may feel a bit um, burdensome, onerous in this world especially if you are living in the modern context where uh, individuality is glorified, uh, a false sense of freedom is glorified. People are taking advantage of all sorts of uh, amenities that are otherwise forbidden in order to, in, in order to advance their interests in the world. For example, they are using usury um and you can't do it you have to limit you have a you have to live a life of limitations now absolute freedom is not possible anyway we talked about this before one who thinks that he is absolutely free is a slave of his um, vain desires and compulsive soul and the whisperings of the satan and so on and so forth the attractions of the world so actual freedom is to be attained by having faith and being able to detach oneself from these addictions of the world, right? But this is one you, when you look at it with faith, with the light of faith and see the big picture, see reality as reality is. If you are not there, submission may seem to be burdensome and, and onerous. There are things that you have to do there are things that you cannot do the lower soul is being constricted with 
by that there is a burden that has been put on the compulsive lower soul and God again out of his mercy is offering a price for that otherwise God is worthy of worship regardless of hell or paradise hell or the garden and we need to try to get there it's it's it's a good thought exercise sometimes we should ask ourselves would i still be praying my prayer if there was no uh, threat of hell and promise of garden just because god god is worthy of worship because i love him and this is my way of interacting with him this is my way of submitting myself to him this is my way of recognizing his majesty and beauty and perfection and so on and so forth however we are poor we are needy we are humans we err we have defects and deficiencies and recognizing that god out of out of his mercy is also offering a prize to us in return for our submission therefore right after that arena of trial and workbench of examination their munificent lord invited them to eternal felicity as a reward for their faith and to the abode of peace as the prize of their submission and of course that eternal felicity is where we will be inshallah we will be able to witness the manifestations of god's beauty and perfection and his majesty in his beauty and perfection forever he bestowed and bestows them there by blessing them with his mercy blessing them with his mercy at such a brilliant degree that no eye has seen no ear has heard and nor has it appeared to any human heart and by giving them eternity and everlasting existence so he is promising and some who are given access to the the invisible hidden dimensions of reality are telling us that they have witnessed sometimes in in dreams right but the prophet وسلم, was shown all of this as they are and because uh, time is a relative concept a relative creature of god we know that hell and the garden exist now therefore the prophet وسلم, was shown them and there are some who are given access to glimpses of them right he bestowed and bestows them there by blessing them with his mercy and that is the greatest blessing at such a brilliant degree that no eye has seen right we we will say when we are there we will say this is reminiscent of something that we have tasted in the world because there is a pleasure in uh, in, in in familiarity but at the same time we will also notice that it is not like anything that we have ever seen every moment from moment to moment the the beauty the majesty and the pleasure will increase nothing will be as before there will be a constant incre increase but because there is no bound to god's mercy and to god's power and his beauty we will be in a state of continually expanding in pleasure and delight inshallah inshallah and most important we will be given 
I mean this group that fulfilled their obligations and parted this world having fulfilled it they will be given eternity and everlasting existence and that is part of the beauty of it because absence of everlastingness always always embitters the blessing but that blessing there will never end it will be everlasting and therefore there will be no pain involved in the pleasure here in this world there is no pleasure without some level of pain embedded into it it is painful to the degree of your attachment to it çünkü ebedi ve sermedi olan bir cemalin seyirci müştakı ve aynedar aşıkı elbette baki kalıp ebede gidecektir işte Kur'an şakirlerinin akıbetleri böyledir Cenab-ı Hak bizleri onlardan eylesin. Amin. This is because, I mean, he's going to bestow them his blessings and give them eternity and everlastingness, right? This is because the yearning spectator of an eternal and perpetual beauty and its mirror-bearing lover will, of course, last forever and move to eternity. And this is a summary of the entire, entire treatise that we have read up to this point the yearning spectator of an eternal and perpetual beauty what is this world this world is the manifestation of god's beauty perfection and majesty and greatness why are we here we are here to behold behold those manifestations of beauty perfection and greatness and and, and majesty and once we behold it and see it in its reality as it is we cannot but fall in love with it and we cannot but yearn for its eternal uh it, it eternal existence and for our ability to eternally behold it therefore upon witnessing it we fall into this state where we are constantly yearning for more he keeps saying helmin mazid helmin mazid we keep saying is is is is there not more is there not more and that is right pointing to the destination inshallah the garden the yearning spectator of an eternal and perpetual beauty now because that eternal and because that beauty is eternal and perpetual right the the, the spectator also deserves everlastingness because it is part of that beauty that he has he is merciful and one who is merciful does not give yearning does not give wanting without giving what the the spectator is yearning for that would not otherwise it would not be merciful imagine yourself uh, you know with a three-year-old child who knows what chocolate is and the, the child has not been has been deprived a bit you know has not eaten anything sweet perhaps for almost a year now but knows what it is and loves it and you pull out a package of chocolate before the child and show it to the child and even give it to the child and have the child like play with it a little bit or and then maybe he even opens the packaging and and the the chocolate comes out and the smell fills the air and he smells it and as he is about to put it in his mouth you take it snatch it away from the child can, can you imagine your lord like that that's not how our lord is he is merciful and part of his mercy is that he gives what he promises 
he does not give wanting and not give what he makes us want as long as we want it with recognition of him being the source if we want it without recognizing him then that would be ingratitude and the one who is ingrate does not deserve the blessing but those who are grateful yearning spectators lovers of him they will of course last forever and he will move them to eternity so this is the destiny of the quran's disciples why quran's disciples because it is the quran that shows us the reality of things without the quran it is if not as impossible almost impossible to, for us to realize the metaphysical other indicative uh, inner dimension of things to realize the, the the meanings of things and see his beauty majesty and perfection behind the otherwise material and lowly existence that we are witnessing in this world may the sublime real include us among them amen so this was the end of the section about the first group in that in that uh, allegorical uh, story uh, very briefly uh, that was about the palace that a absolutely rich person built and ornamented beautifully and he invited visitors spectators guests into that palace and he wanted them to look and see things and appreciate them and one group did that they recognized the master as the builder architect and artful maker of everything in there and they appreciated the the beauty and art and they wanted to connect to him and then there was another group who were deniers who did not want to recognize that anything was uh, built by somebody and there was somebody that they needed to be grateful to and appreciate and so on and so forth there was this other group so now we will talk about the reality of that other group amma füccar ve eşrar olan diğer güruh ise haddi bülü ile şu alem sarayına girdikleri vakit bütün vahdaniyetin delillerine karşı küfür ile mukabele edip ve bütün nimetlere karşı küfran ile mukabele ederek ve bütün mevcudatı kıymetsizlikle kafirane bir ittiham ile tahkir ettiler ve bütün esma-i ilahiyenin tecelliyatına karşı red ve inkar ile mukabele ettiklerinden az bir vakitte nihayetsiz bir cinayet işlediler. Nihayetsiz bir azaba müstehak oldular. Evet, insana sermayeyi ömür ve cihazat insaniye meskur ve zayıf için verilmiştir. However, as for the other group who are open sinners and wicked, evil people, when they enter the palace of this realm upon reaching the age of accountability, because they responded to all the evidences of essential oneness with disbelief, showed ingratitude in return for all the blessings, insulted existent beings in a disbelieving manner by accusing them of worthlessness, and responded to all the manifestations of divine names with rejection and denial, they committed an endless crime in a brief period of time and deserved an endless torment. Yes, the capital of life and the equipment pertaining to humanity are given to men for the above-mentioned duties. Right? They need to fulfill those duties. They are not here just to exist. They have consciousness. They have will 
partial human will. They have many faculties, they have many capacities, they are given many tools, and there, there is a responsibility to in, in taking all of those uh, equipments. However, as for the other group who are open sinners and are wicked, they're open sinners. They are not recognizing the owner, maker of the, the palace. They are not recognizing the creator, the owner of the realm. They are not recognizing God. They are not recognizing that they are under his observation in his property, sustaining themselves by consuming his blessings. They are not recognizing any of them. And because of the lack of their recognition, they are living in a state of sin openly defiantly which is a wicked thing when they enter the palace of this realm upon reaching the age of accountability now for small children who are uh, not accountable who do not have the necessary intellectual ability to process reality they did not enter the palace yet they are maybe in the gardens of the palace or even if they entered they are still in the you know welcome room they have not moved on to witness and and, and be tested but upon entering the age of accountability, uh, upon reaching puberty, they become accountable and they enter the palace. But these wicked and sinning, sinning ones, what did they do? They responded to all the evidences of essential oneness with disbelief, by covering it up. By covering it up. They did not believe, they did not accept. It was all clear. Everything all around was screaming I am created by one. I am being sustained, sustained by one. I am his slave. I am doing what I am doing in his name, with his power. Everything is screaming this, but they plugged their ears, closed their eyes, and they denied. They showed ingratitude in return for all the blessings. They consumed the blessings, but did not bother to thank. They, did not, they were not filled with a sense of gratitude. As a result, they insulted everything, existent beings, everything in existence, in a disbelieving manner by accusing them of worthlessness. The tree was screaming, I am his slave. I am glorifying him. I am bringing these blessings, let's say apricots, to you in his name. They said, this is carbon and hydrogen and nitrogen and you know so on and so forth this is just matter there is no meaning behind this it is not speaking it is speechless it is dumb and, and and mute they cast as persians on the tree saying that it was meaningless they insulted existent beings in a disbelieving manner by accusing them of worthlessness and responded to all the manifestations of divine names with rejection and denial they committed an endless crime in a brief period of time. They were here for a brief period of time, the longest living, let's say, 150 years, but on average, let's say, 70 years. They were here for a brief period of time, but they committed an endless crime. Why? Because their crime relates to everything. I mean, if you drop an A-bomb, atomic bomb, on a city, you can kill a million on like 10 million people within an hour so is the, uh, the the magnitude of the crime proportionate to the time spent in committing it no 
the magnitude of the crime is proportionate to the harm that is being done as a result of it. And here the crime is not recognizing reality as reality is and therefore casting aspersions on everything denying them the purpose of their creation which is partly your witnessing them and appreciating recognizing them as the cre creatures of god and appreciating the art beauty majesty uh, perfection that is manifest on them from god's names and attributes and ultimately from his entity you are depriving them of of that that ability to fulfill their functions and that's a big crime they committed an endless crime in a brief period of time and as a result deserved endless torment yes the capital of life and the equipment pertaining to humanity are given to men human beings for the above mentioned duties there is there is a responsibility there is duty Oh my adult-brained lower soul and my friend full of desires do you assume do you assume that your life duty is limited to preservation of the self according to the requisites of civilization and here of course the word civilization is used in a pejorative sense in reference to the material advancement that humanity has achieved but but because of their uh, because they are dazzled with the glimmer of that material advancement now they cannot see the metaphysical reality behind all of that do you assume that your life duty is limited to preservation of the self according to the requisites of civilization if you will excuse the expression to serving the stomach and the private parts is that all you are here for serving the stomach and the private parts ingratiating the, the the appetites of your physical existence is that all you are about yahut zannediyor musunuz ki hayatınızın makinesinde derc edilen şu nazik letaif ve maneviyat ve şu hassas aza ve alat ve şu muntazam cevari ve cihazat ve şu mütecessis havas ve hissiyatın gaye yegenesi şu hayatı faniyede nefsi rezilenin hevesatı süfliyenin tatmini için istimal nememin hasırdır. Or do you assume that the sole purpose of these delicate subtle faculties, metaphysical components, these sensitive organs and tools, these well-proportioned limbs and equipment, and these inquisitive senses and perceptions is their employment to satisfy the vile lower soul and lowly desires? We are given many things. What are we given? Delicate, subtle faculties. An example. Uh, the sense of ownership. Right? We, I think we talked about this before. I have a book. And I say, this is my book. What does my mean? What, what, what is the meaning of that attribution of this thing to me? what is me and what connects the book to me 
what what why is it not that you know this i am the books books person why is it not that i am the windows man but the window belongs to the man the pen belongs to the man the shoe belongs to the man the uh, food belongs to the man and not that the man belongs to food two questions right one what is it that makes that thing belong to the man is it tied to the man is there a string between them is there a is it glued to the man what does it mean right there is no uh, substantive existence to this notion of belonging but at the same time we know that there is that notion now why are we given this notion why are we given the notion of ownership so that we understand that there is someone who owns everything and us included he is the malik al-mulk he is the the owner of dominion that means that we need to recognize him as the owner of dominion but if we don't have the notion of ownership how can we do that how can we recognize him as the owner of dominion if we do not know what ownership is or love what is love how can you define it i mean if you want to define water you could divide it up into its molecules and come up with some tangible quantifiable properties and say this is water it is made of two hydrogen molecules combined with one oxygen molecule it flows it becomes solid when it is below a certain temperature and when it becomes solid it expands when it is liquid it shrinks and so on and so forth but what is love how do you define it you cannot define it but you know that it exists you are given the notion of love so we are given subtle faculties what is it for to love him we, we, we, we love him and he is to be loved because he is beautiful and uh, perfect and the the correct response to beauty and perfection is to, to love so we are given these delicate subtle faculties metaphysical components our intellect our uh, desires our uh, heart our consciousness our conscience these sensitive organs and tools we are given uh, organs and tools to taste and experiment and observe we eat things and there are a million different tastes that we that each can give us a thrill and that are delicious for us that give us pleasure and delight and we have hands with which we can hold things and make things and use them these well-proportioned limbs and equipment and these inquisitive senses and perceptions we are given all of these so do you assume that the sole purpose of all of that is their employment to satisfy the vile lower soul and lowly desires can that be the case a billion dollars for a loaf of bread would that not be disproportionate far be it never haşa ve kella belki vücudunuzda şunların yaratılması ve fıtratınızda bunların gaye idhali iki esastır and the answer to that question cannot be yes it's a rhetorical question and the answer is no far be it never in fact the creation of these in your body in your existence and their inclusion in your innate nature fıtra 
has two foundations there are two main things that you are given all of these things for biri cenabımın emi hakikinin bütün nimetlerinin her bir çeşitlerini size ihsas ettirip şükrettirmekten ibarettir one it is causing you to sense and show gratitude for each variety of all of the sublime true blessers blessings and you should sense them you should feel them you should experience them observe them and then show gratitude and perform the worship that relates to them so there is a there is worship that relates to everything that is given to us for instance hajj who performs hajj who is obligated to perform the hajj those who have health and wealth so hajj is a worship that relates to health and wealth and then prayer well it, it involves everything but it's it, it is a worship that that relates to the time that we have because we allocate a part of our day for it the health that we have because we do certain bodily acts in it it pertains to our intellect because there is recognition and glorification and exaltation and so on and so forth so every blessing has a worship that is related to it uh, the the the um worship related to water for instance would be to first of all obtain it in a halal in a permissible way drink clean permissible kind of water uh, say bismillah before starting to drink it drink it according to the sunnah the prophetic model like three times not blowing into it and so on and so forth contemplate that it is a blessing from your lord as you drink it say alhamdulillah at the end and that, that could be many other things that we could uh, put in to that fault right there is a kind of worship that relates to every blessing but first in order to come to the point of fulfilling the duty of that worship performing that worship you first need to to to know about the thing that to which the worship relates right you need to know the water so that you can perform the worship that relates to water and then you need to, to be grateful for it if you are not grateful for the water you are not going to worship god for giving you water ikincisi aleme tecelli eden esma-i kutsiye-i ilahiyenin bütün tecelliyatının aksamını birer birer size o cihazat vasıtasıyla bildirip tattırmaktır siz dahi tatmakla tanıyarak iman getirmelisiniz second to inform you by means of those equipment and to have you taste right so inform you and have you taste the types of all the manifestations of the divine holy names now the reality of everything in existence that we see the reality of every created being rather is the divine holy names what we see are manifestation of divine holy names and why is this important because those divine holy names are our way of knowing our lord we cannot know the entity of our lord that's beyond our comprehension but we can know him through his names we can know him as the beautiful the merciful the all-powerful the just the, the provider and you know, so on and so forth the majestic we know him through his names and we know his names through their manifestations in the uh, creation and we know those manifestations through by means of the equipment that we are given those subtle faculties those limbs and organs and senses and perceptions and so on and so forth metaphysical components 
that is why they are given for so that we know through them experience through them sense through them taste through them with them the manifestations of the divine holy names that are manifest on the realm one by one every one of them and you should come to faith by getting to know them upon tasting now you taste them you experience them you sense them then what is due what well, you, you are supposed to have faith at that point. You are supposed to recognize the metaphysical reality that is behind it. You are then, and then you are supposed to recognize through that metaphysical reality that is the meaning that it indicates the one who is being pointed to, being bespoken in, in, that, uh, in those meanings. That is God. You are supposed to have faith in, the, in him. And... Your faith will then entail worshipping him and submitting to him and loving him and glorifying him, exalting him, and so on and so forth. İşte bu iki esas üzerine kemalat insaniye neşvinema bulur. Bununla insan insan olur. Hence, human perfection grows on these or from these two foundations. The human being becomes a human being with this. Otherwise, it is going to remain at the level of an animal. It is not going to develop the the qualities that are becoming of a human being. But if he builds on these two foundations, then all those beautiful things that pertain to humanity are start to are going to start to grow on or from him and are, are going to blossom. He will become like a tree that was a dry stump in winter but when the life-giving water which is faith moves into its limbs right, it starts to shoot leaves and then give bloom to two flowers right, it becomes this beautiful complete creature hence human perfection the completeness of human existence grows from these two foundations the human being becomes a human being with this insaniyetin cihazatı hayvan gibi hayatı dünyayı kazanmak için verilmemiş olduğuna şu temsil sırrıyla bak look through the secret of the following allegory or allegorical story that the equipment pertaining to humanity is not given to earn worldly life like animals we are not given all of this to earn the life of this world like animals animals are given it to earn the life of this world this is their garden this is their paradise but human beings human beings are, are destined made for something higher so we are going to try to understand that with a story mesela bir zat bir hizmetçisine 20 altın verdi ta mahsus bir kumaştan kendisine bir kat libas alsın o hizmetçi gitti o kumaşın alasından mükemmel bir libas aldı giydi for example a person gave 20 gold pieces to one of his servants so that the servant would purchase for himself a layer of outfit made of a special fabric. Here are 20, 20 gold pieces or $20, whatever. Take it, go to the marketplace, purchase this particular outfit made from this particular uh, fabric. The servant went and purchased a perfect outfit made from the best variety of that fabric. So he was a smart servant understood what he or she was supposed to do went to the marketplace 
purchased what was supposed to be purchased and put it on. He put it on. Sonra gördü ki. Now this is the continuation of the story. Ozat diğer bir hizmetkarına bin altın verip bir kağıt içinde bazı şeyler yazılı olarak onu cebine koydu, ticarete gönderdi. Şimdi her aklı başında olan bilir ki o sermaye bir kat libas almak için değil. Çünkü evvelki hizmetkar 20 altınla en ala kumaştan bir kat libas almış olduğundan elbette bu bin altın bir kat libasa sarf edilmez. Şayet bu ikinci hizmetkar cebine konulan kağıdı okumayıp belki evvelki hizmetçiye bakıp bütün parayı bir dükkancıya bir kat libas için verip hem o kumaşın en çürüğünden ve arkadaşın libasından 50 derece aşağı bir libas alsa elbette o hadim nihayet derecede ahmaklık etmiş olacağı için şiddetle tazif ve hiddetle tedip edilecektir. Then he saw or we see that that person, the, the master who gave 20 gold pieces to the servant, gave a thousand gold pieces to another one of his servants. So the second servant, he is receiving a thousand gold pieces. And then the, the master placed a piece of paper with some notes written on it in the servant's pocket and sent him off for business. So here are a thousand gold pieces. Go to the marketplace and take this piece of paper. I wrote on it what you need to do. Now, anybody with intellect knows that that capital, that 1000 gold pieces, is not to purchase, is not meant to purchase one layer of outfit alone. Because we saw the other one purchased for $20, 20 gold pieces. Since the first servant purchased a layer of outfit made from the best fabric, of course, these thousand gold pieces cannot be spent on one layer of outfit. And we have intellect, we understood what's going on here, right? If a, an outfit is worth the best type of, the best outfit made from the best fabric, if it is worth 20 gold pieces, a thousand gold pieces cannot be spent on an outfit because there is no better. If the second servant does not read the paper that is placed in his pocket, because that is where where the master wrote what is supposed to be done with the thousand gold pieces. If he does not read the paper that is placed in his pocket, looks at the previous servant. Hmm, what did that servant do? He went and he purchased a an outfit. Okay, that's what I'm supposed to do if this is what's going on. And gives all of the money to a shopkeeper for one layer of outfit and moreover purchases an outfit that is made of a most decayed version of that fabric and is 50 times inferior to his friend's outfit of course that servant will be punished with severity and disciplined with fury as a result of the utter idiocy he has committed utter idiocy utter idiocy why are you looking at the other servant he was given 20 gold pieces. You are given a thousand gold pieces. Is it the same thing? He was given 20 gold pieces and he was instructed to go purchase an outfit. You are given a thousand gold pieces and you are instructed to read what is written on the paper that is in your pocket. Is it not idiocy that you went and paid a thousand gold pieces for this outfit? And moreover, what you purchased is not made of good fabric either. What you purchased is this like rotten, decayed fabric. You wasted the money. You squandered it away. Ey nefsim ve ey arkadaşım! Aklınızı başınıza toplayınız. Sermayeyi, ömür ve istidadı hayatınızı hayvan gibi, belki hayvandan çok aşağı bir derecede şu hayat-ı faniye ve lezzet-i maddiyeye sarf etmeyiniz. 
Yoksa sermayecinin en ala hayvandan 50 derece yüksek olduğunuz halde en ednasından 50 derece aşağıya düşersiniz. Oh my lower soul and my friend, come to your senses. Do not spend the capital of your span of life and the aptitudes of your life on this transient life and material delights like animals. The animals are given 20 gold pieces. They are given a material body. They are given the ability to, you know, pull grass from the ground and chew it and swallow it and digest it. And maybe there's, you know, some level of uh, pleasure in the taste that they are, they have some taste buds, but, you know, cows are not able to taste meat uh, and, and enjoy it. For instance, we human beings are given like these all sorts of different taste buds and that applies to all sorts of other senses and feelings right animals are given 20 gold pieces human beings are given a thousand gold pieces oh my lower soul and my friend come to your senses do not spend the capital of your span of life so that's our capital right we talked about this we have however many years here that's the capital that we need to invest and the aptitudes of your life all those senses faculties uh, limbs organs perceptions they are the aptitudes of our life. They are here to be actualized. They, they, we have the potential for many things and we are here to actualize it. Don't spend that on this transient life and material delights like, like animals or in fact lower than animals because you cannot be like animals. First, you are absolutely impotent and absolutely needy and, and, and absolutely poor. The degree of the cow's impotence is proportionate to the degree of what it needs. You need everything that you can think of or imagine the cow only needs what it needs in order to sustain its life. Therefore, if you attempt to be like the cow, because you are going to be incomparably more indigent compared to the cow, you can never attain what the cow att attains in this world. Otherwise, even though you are 50 times higher than the highest of animals, even though you are created in the Ahsan al-Taqweem, you will fall 50 times beneath the lowest of animals. You will fall to Asfil al-Safri. Inshallah, we will continue the rest of this treatise in the next episode. This is what we have for this one. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka anta al-alim al-hakim wa akhir da'wahu man alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin al-fatiha